0: Okay, so I have a dream about what my garden is going to look like in a couple of years. I want that garden, and look. Um, oops, sorry. There's Miriam. There's me. Uh, I, I like it. I just like it. Uh, I've got a shirt just like that. I mean, it could look just like that. Now, I also have a nightmare that my garden will look like that. Uh, you know, so. Sometimes reality doesn't actually uh, turn into what you think it's going to be, but this is my dream. this is my nightmare. Now the reason we plant gardens is because we want the, the fruits, uh, the, the, the produce. And there's this, there's these couple of verses in Scripture that we talk about. Um, you probably, if you've been in church at all, you know these verses. It's called "The Fruit of the Spirit." We're going to look at them in just a second but. It's this idea that if we, part, part of the problem is, well, let's look at it. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. It says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And a lot of times when we preach these, uh, about these things, we say, if you try harder, uh, you can love more, you can, you can do certain things. And we're really not going to talk about that today, because this isn't a verse that says try to love more. Try to be more forgiving. It doesn't say that at all, actually. And so we're going to kind of look at what does it really, what does it really say. And so, um, just a warning: I'm a little bit tired today. We uh, uh, were on a mission trip last week, and and in, uh, in Salt Lake City, and we got up yesterday morning at three uh, to catch our plane. Uh, at uh, I, we got to the airport about um, four something, and then we left at six. And so. Uh, I'm a little muddled, and if I say anything uh, that's uh, heretical, it's because I'm tired. Uh, so uh, you have to give me a pass. Anything today is a pass, just, just so you know. Um, so does anybody in here ever self-diagnose? You kind of, you get sick and you go to the internet and you try to figure out what it is. Anybody else do that? Okay. WebMD, anybody do that one? Yeah, okay. So this is sort of the WebMD of your soul. It is, okay, uh, how am I doing with Jesus? This is a great verse to go, a couple of verses to go to. And so let's just, let me ask you some questions. And this isn't to make you feel guilty or anything. It's just to, let's assess how we're doing. So in the category of love, how are we doing? Uh, Do you judge someone based on the way they look or what they wear? Are you holding a grudge with anybody? Uh, Joy? Uh, What's your current um, irritability factor? Uh, If you don't know, ask the person beside you. They probably do know. They probably know how irritable you are. Uh, are you more inclined to speak words of compliment or gratitude? Uh, how often do you laugh? How often did you laugh this week? How much fun did you have? In the category of peace, to what degree are your heart and your mind at rest today? Uh, how consistently are you troubled or anxious? Would people who know you describe you as being content or not? It's really funny. We just, you know, when you're going to an airport, that's all about unpeace. It's uh, you're hurried and you try to... Get there to get through TSA, and then they look at you like you're a bomber, and, uh, you know, it's really kind of tough, and so uh, this was a good one for us to kind of think through because it's tough, you know, there are, and some jobs are like that. We're just at, not at peace at ever. Uh, patience, okay. Uh, how do you respond when you don't get your way? Um, are you able to wait gracefully? Uh, how do you handle it when people aren't moving as quickly as you'd like? Um, are you wishing I'd hurry up right now? Uh, that, that would be another early indicator. Okay. Kindness. Kindness. Um, how inclined are you to help someone if it's inconvenient? And how inclined are you to help someone if you don't get credit for it? And how are you doing at encouraging and affirming people? In the category of goodness, a couple questions. Do you defend people when others are talking about them behind their back? Do you see the best in people? Um, what percentage do you normally tip servers? It's really a great idea around, am I a, a good person? Uh, am I generous with what God has given me? Faithfulness, faithfulness. Uh, when you say you're going to do something, do you do it? Uh, do you ever use words to make yourself look better? Do you ever wrestle with procrastination? Uh, eight is eight. Gentleness. How successfully do you speak the truth with grace? Uh, do you ever get angry and inflict pain on someone just because you feel it feels good in the moment? Uh, over the last week, how often have you come alongside someone who was hurting to give them comfort? And the last one is self-control. Uh, do you have any bad habits? Do you ever give in to an impulse? Uh, how's your mouth been uh, today or this last couple of weeks? Have you uh, said things you wish uh, you wouldn't have said? Now, the, the question really is, um, when we look at these, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel a little inadequate. It's like, good grief, it's a lot of stuff. And what we're tempted to do is think to ourselves, well, I should do more. I should, I should be better at this. And we're going to talk about, what does it mean to, to abide? Because these verses, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, it'd be easy to memorize, by the way. It's, it's not that much, not that much content. But this isn't about, I should try harder to have more love, or I should try harder to, to be more joyful. In fact, Jesus uses a really interesting word, and it's a word we don't use very often today. Let's see if you can pick up on it uh, when, when Jesus says this in John 15. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Uh, what's the word? Abide, right? Now, if Elise came to me, my fifteen year old, she turned fifteen yesterday. If Elise came to me and she said, "Daddy, I'm gonna go over to my friend's house and abide," uh, I'm gonna be like, "What are you, <laughs> what are you smoking? I mean, that, that's that's crazy. Nobody talks like that." But to abide just means to hang out with, to to be with. And so when we think about it that way, when Jesus says, "Hang out with," he's basically saying, "Hang out with me." Uh, Dwell with me, uh, be with me, and I'll be with you. Just as the branch can't bear fruit unless it, uh, it by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What he's saying is that fruit that we're talking about really can't be produced unless we are connected to Jesus. And then he says this, I am the vine, you're the branches, those who abide in me, and I in them bear much fruit. But apart from me, um, you can do nothing. And so we have to remember, we're we're here to abide, and our word is abide for the day. Now, I brought my smartphone, I usually don't bring my phone uh, into the service because it's distracting, uh, but the way we abide today is with our phone. We abide all the time with a phone. Uh, uh, We abide uh, on uh, our email, we abide with uh, text messaging, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Uh, we know what's going on, we abide... Uh, with the news, uh, I, I watch you all. Um, sometimes when the sermon's bad, you're abiding with, with some better preacher, uh, you know. So I know that happens. I just got a text right now. Uh, one of the elders said I should put my phone down. Uh, so uh, uh, we, but we abide. This is how it works. And so we understand the concept of abiding. You get it. You know what it's like. That means I am connected um, <laughs> I did something the other day I swore to myself I would never do, but I was on one end of the house and Miriam was on the other, and I texted her. Uh, like, I, I couldn't walk all the way. It's, a, uh, it's like 12 feet over there. I can't walk. Uh, so, we, 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 we understand. What did we do before cell phones? Have you ever told a story? Like, I'll tell a story to Elise about when I was a kid, and I'll say something, and I'll have to explain to her. We didn't have cell phones back then. Like, you were at the park and you got hit in the head with a rock and your sister didn't just call? Like, no, because we didn't have cell phones. I had to run home bleeding like a stuck pig. Uh, so uh, we, 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 yeah, I don't know what we did before. But that is a great illustration of abiding. Jesus talks about the, the vine and the branches. If he had been around in our day, he probably would have said something about the smartphone. This is how you abide. And if you're not connected, you don't produce. I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Um, there's my house, and both of my neighbors, and across the street, uh, have kudzu. I don't have any because I killed it, but my neighbors have it. Across the street is like government property, and they and it's there. That's actually where it's coming from, I think, and because you know the government, they're out to stick us. Uh, and uh, uh, but it's across the street, and so. One of the sadistic joys in my life is to find the kudzu vine, the, the, the stalk where it starts, and to cut it off. Oh, there's nothing like it. Because in about three hours, uh, those leaves start to wilt. Oh, and I can, hear, I can hear the voice of God in my heart say, Good job. Uh, I know. It's a good job. I'm driving down the road now. I'm finding kudzu, and you, it's everywhere. Have you noticed? It's everywhere. You should look for it. And I just want to—I just want to pull over and cut it off because I, I love. There's nothing like it. In fact, up uh, Reed School Road, they just killed some, and uh, it's like it's like a little. It's like the, the Garden of Eden. Uh, it's great. It's not there anymore. It's it's perfect. But unless it's connected, it's not going to grow. Now, the thing about kudzu, from what I understand, is it grows about a foot a day. It is. It is amazing in a negative kind of way. And you can cut it off, but it'll come back because it's connected. It's connected to the ground. So that, that one vine won't grow anymore. It just puts out another vine. Here's what's really interesting. We, when we're connected to Jesus, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, all those things become part of our character um, it's like this have you ever noticed when couples have been married a long time they begin to look a little bit alike my friends the aisle celebrated their 58th wedding anniversary this week you should give them a hand for that, that's a long time <laughs> now I don't know if you all so much look together but I did find a picture of a couple uh, look alike, I, I found a picture of a couple, they, they kind of look alike those guys And research has been done, this is really funny, um, the more marital happiness a couple has, the more they look alike. Well, how happy do you think those guys are? Holy cow! Just like, they're pretty, they're pretty, pretty happy people. They are very happy, yes. Alright, so, Paul is talking about, the guy who wrote these verses, uh, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, is a guy named Paul. And right before that, he talks about, he kind of contrasts, it. he does this a lot when he writes. He basically says, uh, in, in these verses, if you're connected to Jesus and you're abiding in him and you're, and you're, you're like a, a vine that's growing in Jesus, this is what your life looks like. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. And he says, basically, if you're not, it looks like something else. And so, right before he gives you the something else. Now, the effects of the corrupt nature, the, the unabiding life, are these. They're obvious, illicit sex, perversion, promiscuity idolatry, he kind of he rambles here, drug use, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, angry outbursts, selfish ambition, conflict, factions, envy, drunkenness, wild partying, and similar things. I've told you in the past, and I'm telling you again, that people who do these kinds of things will not inherit God's kingdom. He is saying, abiding people look a certain way, unabiding people look a certain way. And he, he draws the contrast. And so, when we look at our lives, what we really need to see is, what does our life look like? Because he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Not fruits, there there are nine things listed, but he doesn't say these, these are fruits. It's like, this whole thing is what our character looks like. These are sort of attributes of our character. Love, joy, peace, patience. But it's not something you work for. Really, kind of interesting. Because help me, help me, help me. Will you help me? <laughs> Great. Uh, <laughs> what does he want? Um, help me, I'm going to have, a, this is a quiz. If I want to grow apples, what do I have to plant? An apple seed, apple tree. If I want grapes, what do I have to plant? Yeah. If I want strawberries, I plant a strawberry plant. If I want oranges, I plant an orange tree. Uh, If I want blackberries, I think those are on a vine. I mean, whatever the plant, whatever the fruit depends on the the, the plant. When we plant ourselves in Jesus, when we get to know him, when we abide, hang out with, develop a relationship with, the fruit just happens. Do we have to coax an apple tree into producing apples? Do you have an apple tree? If you have an apple tree, do you have to go out there and tell it Dude, I want you to produce apples. I don't really need any more pears. I really want apples this year. Can we get apples this year, buddy? We don't have to do that, right? Because an apple tree produces apples. It's just how it works. So when we abide in Jesus, we just produce love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. It's what we do. So the truth about abiding is this. It's not about trying harder. So I want you to get that. It's really important. I'm not trying to add to your character resume, hey, you need to do these things. I'm just telling you, that's not the way it works. If you abide in Jesus, these things are inevitable. Love, joy, peace, and patience, it is inevitable. So basically, we have one job as followers of Christ, and that is to follow as closely as we can. That is our one task. Something else you need to understand is you can live a detached Christian life. Now, you can live a life that is unproductive. Jesus put it this way. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into a fire, and burned. And I used to think that was a lot about, you know, uh, like a verse about hell. It's really not that. Um, We moved to a new house about a year ago. We have two and a half acres. Uh, what What I've learned about having more property is you have more property to keep up. And so the other day we cut, we had a big tree and then a little kind of scrubbly old evergreen tree. And I didn't like it. It was right next to it. It just didn't look good. And so I bought myself a chainsaw uh, and I cut that down. It was great. And I cut it down and then, then you have to do something with this. So we cut it into pieces and we have a burn pile in the back. And um, here's the thing about starting a fire with an accelerant. I'm your pastor. I'm trying to help you. Um, don't overdo with the accelerant. So there was a burn pile back there, and I put some wood in there, and I may or may not have used diesel fuel, depending on if that's legal or not. And uh, um, I didn't look up the law, so I'm not real sure. I'm not admitting to anything, but I put an accelerant on the wood, and then, uh, you know, the next thing is you have to (laughs) ignite it in some way, um, I've been watching those outdoor native, uh, native uh, nature shows. Sorry, uh, na- nature shows, and you know they do that flint thing. I didn't do that, uh, but uh, I want to do that. I want to do that sometime. But I lit a piece of cardboard, uh, like a uh, like a um, paper towel roll. I lit it and I threw it in there, and it didn't, didn't. You know, it should have just, and it didn't. And then I leaned over, and then it did. Uh, you know, it's like. And we, we, yeah, I used to have eyebrows. Uh, it was great. Um, you don't have to shave. I don't have to shave. That's right. It's great. It's a great deal. So, um, but we had to burn that stuff, and our neighbors really like that uh, when we do it. Um, you want to figure out which neighbor you like least, and wait till the wind's blowing that way, uh, and then you, you, you know, that's that really that's not Jesus wouldn't like that. It's not very Christian. Uh, don't do that. But you have to burn it. That's kind of what. Look, if it's not productive. You can live an unproductive life. It's not good for anything. What are those those sticks good for? (laughs) They're good to be burned. Good for nothing. They're they're just kind of in the way. And if we don't live a productive life, we're just kind of in the way. Now, there's this verse Paul talks about, about, um, about building a house. Whatever we build on, that foundation of the foundation of Jesus, if we build something on the foundation of Jesus, it will be tested by fire on the day of judgment. And then everyone will find out if uh, we have used gold, silver, and precious stones, or if we've used wood, hay, and straw. And if fire is going to be the thing that tests one's foundation, uh, one's building, you'd want the first three things. You'd want gold silver and precious stones. We'll be rewarded if our building is left standing, but if it's destroyed by fire, we'll lose everything. It's kind of his whole point. And so we, we can live this detached life. It's, it's possible. It's certainly not optimal, but that's what we can do. Uh, what, let me show you maybe the third point. This is uber important. Have you ever considered how much God loves you? Because it's really important. I mean, the motive behind abiding is love. And Jesus put it this way. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Have you ever been around a grandparent who is obsessed with their grandkids? You ever been? You ever seen that? Uh, There's one right there. Um... they talk about the grandkids. They show you pictures of the grandkids. Um, they they're they're crazy about the grandkids. Um, my dad, <laughs> he was um, he was strict. He was he was a good dad. I don't mean anything, and I loved him, and he loved me. I never doubted that. But he was he was sometimes hard, you know. And then I had daughters, and something happened. Something possessed my dad. I didn't even recognize him anymore. My dad was, was buttoned up. and I mean, he was a he, he was buttoned up. That gives you the idea that he was a suit and tie guy. It's not, I mean, he was a truck driver. But, but he, he kind of had a way, and there were certain things you didn't do. You never mess with his hair, that kind of thing. I came in one day, and my girls had curlers and bows in my dad's hair, and I'm like, you are a freak. What has happened to you? And it's because he, he, it was because he loved them. He'd let them do anything. Paul, you'll never have to worry about that. But, uh, uh, but, uh, uh. <laughs> that's hurtful, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you have grandson, you don't have to worry about it. That's right. My, my dad <laughs> had a pickup truck and he had, in the sun visor, would you like to know the the pictures he had in the sun visor? Not me. His only son, his one and only, firstborn, only son, pictures of me. No. Every grandkid on the sun visor. When Jesus is driving his truck through paradise on on the streets of gold, your picture is on the sun visor. I mean, as the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. That that is a remarkable statement if you think about it. Now you might think God is angry with you, that God is frustrated with you. You can think that if you wish. But Scripture teaches us. Jesus says to us, as the Father has loved me, so I love you. It It changes everything. We want to be with people who love us, don't we? I mean, I was away for a week. I couldn't wait to see my wife. I love her. I know she loves me. I I, I mean, we want to be with people we love. Our kids leave far away, but when they come in, we can't wait. We can't get enough of them. We want to be with them. They're great. It's great because we have that level of love. And Jesus wants to have that relationship with us. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Abide in my love. That's what he's saying. Hey, I want to be with you. I want to hang out with you. I, I want our relationship to be like that. The, the most common promise in Scripture isn't about forgiveness. It's not about eternal life. It's about God abiding with us. We we see it in uh, the most famous psalm ever. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. He's always with us. He wants to abide with us. In fact, Jesus said, if you'll hang out with me, if you'll abide with me, if you'll grow our relationship, you're promised the things that are the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus said this as the fathers loved me. So I've loved you remain in my love. I can give you my love Then he says this I've told you these things so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete You can have my joy Then he says peace. I leave you my peace. I give you I do not give you as the world gives. Here's my peace I give you all these things when we abide with Jesus gives us peace gives us love gives us joy gives us all these things now in life, sometimes it's hard to see God's hand. And sometimes it's easy. Let me, let me illustrate, because I think this might make sense. This is the painting on the Sistine Chapel. I think it's called The Creation. Uh, Michelangelo painted it many years ago. Uh, you see on the right is God. Now, look at the portrait. He is jacked, man. Look at that forearm. I mean, God has been working out. Uh, this is great. And he is... Uh, upheld by the angels of heaven, and he's straining to reach Adam. Wants to give him life. He wants to. He wants to. You know, he's. He is. Uh, he's all in. God is all in. <laughs> look at. Look at Adam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, bless me. I guess. Uh, you know. That's kind of how it looks. God is all in. And sometimes in life, there are going to be moments, and it's just you see God everywhere. It's like He is all in. Let me show you another picture. This is Where's Waldo. Sold 40 million or something books with these pictures in it. And uh, uh, Chris said it's really easy to find Waldo in this one. He's there in the corner. And I, what I did was I wanted to let you know what Waldo looked like. So it's not the one you're really supposed to find. Um, sometimes finding God in certain situations is like a Where's Waldo picture. Can't quite find him. He's there, it takes patience. And perseverance and some efforts. I mean, he's there. You can find him, but he's not always easy. And sometimes in our life, Jesus just shows up and you know he's involved and you can feel it and you know it. And it's the Sistine Chapel moment and God is straining and I'm receiving and I get it. And then some of life is where's Waldo? He's there. I know God's there, I just can't always see him. But learning to abide in Jesus is basically this. I learned to do what I already do, but now I want to do it with Jesus. I'm going to include Jesus in the equation. I'm going to do the same things I've always done, unless they're something you wouldn't want to do with Jesus, and then you shouldn't be doing it anyway. And so let me give you some just practical examples. You wake up with Jesus. Wake up and pray. You know there are morning people. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are morning people, and there are people who hate morning people. I mean, that's kind of you got two kinds of people. Well, it doesn't matter which one you are. You got to get up. So when you get up, you start your day, and you just say, "Lord, uh, here I am. Well, what are we going to do today?" Now. Um, the second thing for me is always um, I have Scripture and coffee. That's kind of uh, my pattern. So I wake up, wash my face, I, get my, I, I read it on my tablet, I get my tablet and um, I, I read, and I usually have a little something to write down my to-do list because I think, and it's hard for me to concentrate on Scripture when I'm, when I'm, um, when I'm reading my Bible, so I have to, uh, I have to write it down. But even that, it becomes a a prayer of, God, I'm writing these things down because this is stuff I want to do today, but will you help me get what you want done today, get done? So you you start out the day, you wake up, you pray, you have some scripture, you filter the news. If you're a news reader, if you're a news uh, watcher, I don't know about you, but sometimes the news makes me nervous. I don't always like what I see or what I hear. And... My natural inclination is to fret over these things. However, what you can do is pray over these things. And so, I read something and it's like, I can't believe that's about to happen. And I pray, and I don't mean to be, um, I don't mean to be sacrilegious or anything, but I'll just say, God, do you see this? I mean, I'm, you know he does, but I kind of want to bring his attention. God, are you watching this? I don't think that's what you want. Can you do something? Will you do something about this? Um, Instead of fretting, you just begin to pray over it. You 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 filter the news through prayer. Uh, What what would it look like if you drove with Jesus? Would you slow down? If Jesus was you're taking Jesus to the airport, how would you do it? Um, Would you go the speed limit? I'm going four miles over. That's just me. Uh, uh, Would you? Would you, how would, if somebody cut you off and Jesus was in the uh, passenger seat? What would you do? Bless their hearts. Was that what you would say? I mean, I know you would. Bless their hearts. They're just distracted. I mean, that's kind of what we would do, right? Because if Jesus is right there, if Jesus is in the car, would you uh, would you have the same hand signals? One way. Jesus not in the car, other finger. Uh, I know how it works for some people. Um, how would it look for you, right? So Jesus is, a, you're doing whatever you do anyway. It's just Jesus is there. How does it change how we live? I mean, that, that's kind of all this is. You, it's take Jesus to work day. You know, sometimes you take your kid to work, you take Jesus to work. How would that change the way you interact with people? How would that change the way you talk to people? I mean, if Jesus was right there beside you, would you say the same things? Would you do the same things? Would you think the same things? I mean, would, would it be the same? Take Him to work? What about this one? If you uh, are abiding in Jesus, how would it change the way you, you talk to people? If, you were, uh, if you're in sales, would it change the way you talk to a customer? And instead of just always trying to upsell them, would you try to give them what they really want or need? Would you help him? We checked into the airport yesterday. It, it is 4.20 in the morning. I'm checking a bag in, and the dude behind the counter is trying to get me to sign up for a uh, credit card. And Jesus was with me. And I didn't tell him to shut up, because uh, I knew Jesus was right there. So I said, dude, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I'm just trying to catch a flight. I, I don't have time to think about this. How does it change the way you act? I mean, how do you talk to people? When, when you're um, in a restaurant and, and I've been with Christians before who treated servers so poorly, I was embarrassed to be with them. We don't, we don't do that. Look, every person is precious to the Lord. Every one of them. Whether they're serving you well or not, it does not matter. Them being bad at their job doesn't give you permission to be mean to them. It just doesn't. So if Jesus is with us, how do we talk to people? How would we bring Him home? You've had a long, hard day, you're tired, and you come home. How do you treat your family when you come home? It's really important, how you treat your family when you come home. And then you say goodnight for me... The way I say goodnight to Jesus is I try to think of five things. I think I've told you this a few times. I try to think of five, at least five things I'm really thankful for during the day. And sometimes it's Michelangelo and the Sistine Chapel, and they're easy to spot. And sometimes it's where's Waldo, and I have to think about it a little bit. Maybe you set the bar a little lower. Three things. I want to be thankful for three things. I'm going to be thankful for two things. It's just such a... It's such a revolutionary practice because what it shows me, what it has shown me is there are things to be grateful for even on bad days. I mean, there there are things to be thankful for, and so you're thankful for things. And Jesus said again, abide in me as I abide in you. I I don't love my uh, Apple phone because the charge goes down faster than my old phone, which wasn't Apple. And so what I've learned is uh, in my car I have a a plug and when I get in my car I take my phone out of my pocket and I plug it in because I know I'm going to need a little extra charge. It's okay. I mean, it's it's what I have. It's what I'm going to do. Right? I, I, I charge it up when I can. When I'm walking and abiding with Jesus sometimes I run out of I run out of Jesus' charge. I'm not as good at it as, at sometimes as with others. Have you ever done that? Have you ever, have you ever said something? You heard the words come out of your mouth and you can't believe you said it? I, I've done that. I've said things I wish I hadn't said. I've, I, I wish you, you ever wanted to just catch them. Sometimes you just want to catch them, like, oh, I can't believe I said that. A lot of times that's when we're tired. We just need a little Jesus' charge. Maybe you just need to get away a little bit just need to recharge your battery because every moment is an opportunity to be connected to Jesus. One last one, and I love this one. The truth about abiding in Christ is this. You can always start over. One of the best verses in Scripture in my mind is Lamentations 3.23 that says, "...great is His faithfulness, His mercies begin fresh each morning." It's kind of the recharge idea. Every morning, I get to start over with Jesus. Every morning is an opportunity for me to start over with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, what you've done for us, giving us the opportunity. and not, That's not just an opportunity. You've asked us to abide with you. And then the benefit of that is just this amazing life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness self-control so lord it would make sense for us to abide in you will you help us do that we pray it in jesus name amen